What high schooler picks a college for its Christian community? The kind who is going to be a ministry, church, people of God for the rest of her life. As I started my first college experience at Campbellsville University, I needed a new start surrounded by faith-driven people. I'd been called the Jesus freak, the girl too good to party because she thought she was better than others. I lied to my parents to attend parties, dated the wrong guys who encouraged regretful encounters. I was damned if I did and damned if I didn't, and not being who I wanted to be wasn't worth it. Once I was there, it didn't take long before I questioned where the Christians were. Half were there on athletic scholarships, and the others mandated their beliefs by a rule book and condemned others for not being as sin-free as them. I wasn't sin-free. I cursed a little, drank a little, and carried a heart of shame for losing my virginity. Before too long, I found myself in a cycle that many consider normal collegiate self-discovery, but ultimately was self-destruction. I'd already had my fair share of losing myself in drinking, lying, and judging. I'd already had more than enough promiscuous encounters to escape the pain of abandonment and abuse before I met Jesus. No matter how low or high I've been, There's always been one person continuously inviting me back in. There's always been one person who doesn't shame me for my sins or make me feel as if I need a new starting point to continue a relationship with him. Jesus doesn't require a rule book or perfection. He loves you just as you are yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Jess Connolly said it best. The starting line isn't where you think it is. When we picture the initial steps of obedience, saying yes to Jesus or stepping forward in faith, let's not picture shiny moments or big accomplishments. The starting lines that lead to personal triumphs are not always the starting lines that lead to God's glory. But when we're rooted in a desire to serve, help, and love others well, will be set up for mission in a beautiful way. Hey girl, so obviously you're listening to Refine and Shine with Amber. Um, And you know, earlier this week I was reading my book by Jess Connolly, You Are the Girl for the Job amazing book. I love it so much. I was so gracefully um, blessed to have some friends in my coaching community who recommended this book to me. I ordered it and I am like addicted to this book. So anyways, um, what I just shared with you before I told you that you're listening to this awesome podcast, um, I was just so inspired by what she shared. And when I was talking about the self-destruction versus the self-discovery and self-love journey, it hit me so hard that I had spent so much time of my life, especially in this stage of life before now, of self-destruction and what that can do to a person. Lord Almighty, I am just so thankful that I have finally reached a point in my life where I'm able to recognize it. And although all of that self-destruction is not removed completely, and who knows, it may never be removed completely, 
I am here to share with you that you are not alone and it is okay if you have experienced any of the symptoms I'm about to talk about regarding self-destruction and I want you to know that I am so humbly grateful that I have been saved by my Lord and Savior who is leading me now and guiding me now on a journey of self-love and self-discovery. And if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for the surrender that I that I had given him, I'm not sure where I'd be um, or if I'd still be going through some of these self-destruction journeys. So anyways, I want you to know that the information I'm going to share with you today was definitely researched. Um, this is not just out of my high end here. I definitely wanted to give you some Good, good, good information. So first, I want to dig deep in what it means to actually be a self-destructive person. So let's start with the first thing. The first thing is housing self-defeating thoughts. These would include, I'm not good enough. I will fail. I'll never make it. If you've ever had a thought like this or similar to this, I want you to know that what you're thinking in your head right now is a lie. You're already defeating yourself before you're giving yourself an opportunity to see what you're capable of. And let me tell you this, failure only happens if you decide not to try, if you decide not to push or reach for any kind of goal that you have in life, okay? And who are you to decide that you cannot make it if you haven't even given a higher power or the universe a chance to take you there? Yeah. All right, number two is not taking action. So this is settling for failure when we know it's not good for us. So if you are in an environment, if you are in a situation, if you are in a job, a relationship, whatever, if there is something in your life that you know is bad for you, you know is not good for you, and you're choosing to just take no action, You are settling for failure, honey. You are keeping yourself limited right in the moment instead of doing what you should do, which is take action. Okay, number three is overeating. When we overeat, first of all, I get this. I am an overcoming emotional eater. Let me just throw it out there. I get all of these. I have experienced all of these, okay? <laughs> so I don't come at you as like, Ooh, I'm better than you. I'm on a hot horse. No, I come at you with a passionate heart who has experienced all of these things. Okay, back to the point. Overeating. This negatively affects your mood, your sleep, your energy, and your creativity. And I can tell you right now, that is true to a T. Undereating. This is where we've got some serious issues with self-image and we're just placing a band-aid on that. We think that under-eating might make our body look better when in reality we're just hurting our body for the long run. All right. Forced incompetence. This is where we make ourselves look unintelligent or incapable of success or lack of confidence. And the more we force those actions, those behaviors, those beliefs, the stronger they become our own reality. All right, going out of your way to harm others. It doesn't matter if this is in the form of words or deeds or both. If you've heard of karma, if you've heard what goes around comes around, you can keep doing that. 
You can keep going out of your way to harm others with your words, with your actions, whatever. They will come back and manifest in your own life. Self-harm. Anyone who thinks about or tries self-harm has very low self-worth. Been there, sister. I've been there. Self-pity. Encourages inaction. This is like an unconscious behavior. And by doing this behavior, you're avoiding being proactive. So you want to try to recognize when you are doing self-pity. And you want to try to be more proactive to get yourself out of that. Okay, drugs and alcohol. This is endless misery. You might feel good in the moment. But in the end, it's endless misery. Not just for you, but for your friends, for your loved ones, for anyone who's in your circle. And with that, this is meaning that you're becoming more and more disconnected from your soul. And if you believe in any kind of life after our current life, your soul is supposed to live on forever. And you're becoming more disconnected Every time you decide to resort to drugs and alcohol when you are being self-destructive. Okay, social suicide. In other words, deliberate alienation. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I need my me time. (laughs) I can be an introvert. Although I'm an Enneagram type (laughs) 7. I do need my quiet time. However, if you are deliberately alienating yourself all of the time, just because you're in your feels or you're just wanting to have a self-pity party or whatever. It's self-destruction. Okay, hiding from emotions. In other words, failure of acknowledgement of your emotions will result in mental, emotional, and physiological illnesses. Refusal of help. This is a deep core belief of this statement, I'm unworthy. If we think that we are unworthy, we will refuse any help of any kind. Unnecessary self-sacrifice. This is when you love misery because maybe it's all you've known for a large portion of your life. And because of this, you will self-sabotage. You will give up on your hopes, dreams, and passions For your true happiness. Spending too much. This can be gambling, shopping. But at the end of the day, you are limiting your freedom and your own peace of mind. Physical neglect. This will result in poor sleep, no exercise, unhealthy diet. Basically the general upkeep of your body and well-being. Mental neglect. Just as important. This delays your own healing. This is when you refuse, avoid, or fail to confront stress, anxiety, depression, paranoia, OCD. Anything that needs to be taken care of with your mental well-being. You're neglecting your own healing process. Last but not least, sabotage relationships. This can be from jealousy, possessiveness, Manipulation, neediness, violence, all are because we feel unworthy of love. Okay, sister, 
listen closely. From one sister to another, I have experienced all 17 of the self-destruct of the self-destructive, I couldn't get that word out. The self-destructive signs that I just explained to you. And I'm not going to lie. That was a huge portion of my life that was pretty recently. I'm 27 years old. I've been experiencing self-destruction since I was two. (laughs) Okay, so it started with my biological father who essentially abandoned me and chose drugs and alcohol and being an addict. He didn't choose that. I shouldn't phrase it that way. But that's how a childhood mind um, thought of that relationship. And that's where the self-destruction derived from. Then it led into the middle school and high school relationships with the boys. Then it even led more so into college where one partner became physically abusive. And then I was married to a partner who I had no idea was um, being the cause of self-destruction in me. So now, since my divorce, which was... In 2019, so not too long ago, a little over a year ago, I have been on number 17, sabotaging relationships. And you know what? It wasn't just recently, but it was more obvious recently. I was self-sabotaging relationships in college after the abusive relationship that I went through. Jealousy, possessiveness, manipulation, neediness. I don't think I've been violent. But the others, yes, I've had signs of those. But here's what I'm really, really needing you to hear today. You are human. You are not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not a lost cause. You are simply human. And that is okay. If it's you, if it's a friend, if it's a family member, whoever is on your heart or mind right now, when it comes to hearing these self-destruction signs or symptoms, please know that this is not forever. This is not eternity. And they can overcome this. And the biggest thing that has helped me overcome any of this is choosing to take it all and give it to God. And that's exactly what I did. I said, you know what, God, every morning when I wake up, I'm giving it to you. When I start to feel jealous, I will remember that I am worthy through you. I will remember that I am deserving of love because of you. Because he is the one who has forgiven me for not only the self-destruction that I've caused to myself, but the destruction that I caused to others along the way who came into my path when I didn't even realize I was destructive. So maybe, maybe you're not there. Maybe you don't believe in God. And guess what? That's okay. I want you to know some things that you can start doing. Keep a self-reflection journal every day. Journaling is so powerful. And it helps us become even more self-aware. And when we're able to actually see and become aware of our own self-destructive tendencies, we're able to take the action 
to move forward and grow and overcome them. Second thing you can do is practice meditation or mindfulness. When we meditate, we're able to again become more connected and more alignment, more aligned with our spiritual self. Rather, that's a spiritual connected to connection to God or a higher power or or the universe, whatever that looks like for you. That's where our mind can rest at peace. And we can remove the destructive thoughts and we're able to actually become aware and connected with what brings us our true happiness. Okay, do um, some emotional, like deeper emotion (laughs) connections, okay? And so... Some of you may not be like me and want to be all up in your feels. But just think about things that get out your emotions like boxing, running, singing, dancing, um, being artistic, screaming if you have to, crying if you have to. Um, Maybe do that like privately. This is like a dynamic meditation, okay? Do what you have to do to get those emotions out if they are destructive to you. This is a big one. Focus on self-love and self-care. This right here is your simple attitude of kindness that you need for yourself every single day. Because sister, if you're not showing yourself love, if you're not showing yourself care, then others may not do that for you. And I can tell you this. Random, random addition here. Um, on my journey, when I have not shown myself self-love and self-care, I attracted other people in my life, friends or boyfriends or whoever, that did not give me the love and care that I thought I deserved. It starts with you. You have to figure out how much you should love yourself, how much you should care for yourself. And for me, that was found through God because I saw an endless amount of love, an endless amount of care that he could give me. And I knew if he could give me that, then I had to give myself that. And then I knew if I was able to give myself that, I would not be with someone else unless they did. And without even trying, I started attracting, you know, partners who did give me the love and care that I needed. And that is what you should be doing for yourself. Self-care is really focused on your body. So make sure you're eating properly getting the sleep you deserve, drinking the adequate amount of water, wearing comfortable clothing, just in general, taking care of your well-being and health. Okay? Obviously, self-love is just more focused on your emotions and taking care of what everything I just explained to you. All right? Now, a big one is going to be shifting your mindset. And understand that this will not happen overnight. You're going to have to be kind to yourself. You're going to have to choose to be kind to yourself. When those destructive thoughts and behaviors come into your mind, quit blaming yourself. Quit condemning yourself. Be the person who chooses to give yourself grace and compassion. And just be aligned with your higher good and the empowered you. This is a big one. Seek out professional help. This one was hard for me just to admit that I'm human and it's okay. To seek professional help. It is okay. 
seeking professional help is a wonderful step towards the health and healing process. And sometimes you need to be very cautious of the professional help that you're seeking. You want to make sure that they are in an in alignment with what brings you your truest happiness. So that's why you want to make sure you are doing that meditation and all of those things that I've already talked about. Okay, so just remember that self-harm, self-destruction is not good for you. <laughs> it's not healthy and honestly, you're just robbing yourself of, of the better you, of the higher you. So if it's you, if it's your friend or family, please, please give the compassion and grace that they deserve. Sending much love your way. Thank you for listening.